This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, March 26th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton isn't here, so I'm teamed up with a man who has taken Kyle Collinsworth's 100 push-ups a day challenge to heart, Jason Shepard. In fact, where is Jason? 98, 99, 100! Okay, uh, he just finished 100, and uh, here, he, here he comes. And Woo! he just flew in, and boy, are his arms tired. Oh, my goodness. 100. 100. That's, done. That's, that's impressive. Challenge accepted, Kyle Collinsworth. Accepted. Completed. Woo! Yeah. Nice. You, you do push-ups like 13 times faster than I do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All those weights were worth it. That's awesome, man. Um, by the way, this would have been uh, the Major League oh. Baseball opening day, so we're repping the squads. Today, yeah. it would have been Cardinals uh, at Reds, Rangers at Mariners. We would have blown out the Reds like 13 to 1. Oh, clearly. And then the Mariners are unbelievable at season opener. So you that, guys are great in the first a, month of the season. What, what, what were we last year? 18 and 2 or something stupid? <laughs> and then uh, went 2 and 18? Yeah. So The uh, season will come back. We just have to hold out hope for that. That's the hope. The Olympics were canceled, and there's a lot of lead-up. But, but let's, say, let's say you know it's an, it doesn't come back till May. So if they oh, sk- May, I'm I would be May ecstatic. or June. I'm saying so if they skip the Mariners' typical good months, are you oh. just coming back and immediately not going to be good? I'm used to being terrible. <laughs> Me and my teams, all good. Here's what's on the show rundown today. Jeff Judkins, the women's basketball coach, will join us to talk about the impact this has had on his program. Yet look ahead at what's in store for next year. Shaylee Gonzalez back with Paisley Johnson and Sarah Hampson. They should be really good. Plus, how long it took him to figure Skype out. Our best play bracket continues. Who moved on between the Bushman Flea Flicker versus Boise State? And one of many T.J. Haas plays featured in this, the off-the-back inbound versus Virginia Tech. And Peter Quest for perfection on how he can get to the PGA Tour and get his card in the coming years after an amazing career at BYU. But first, today's headlines. New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton says the Taysom Hill will back up Drew Brees heading into the 2020 season, saying, quote, Taysom has earned this opportunity to be our number two, but he also has earned the opportunity to play and help us win football games as a one. What I mean by that, whether you call him a receiver, a tight end, a specialist, or also a quarterback, he's going to play. He's too good of a football player. He's one of our better players, end quote. By the way, Taysom still has not officially signed his new contract with the Saints. It's more a formality at this time, barring some other team making him an offer. Yeah, April 17th is when those offer sheets need to be signed by all the other teams. So far, no one signed one. For him quite yet. Yes, and that's why you put the first-round tender. It essentially scares everybody off from having to give up a first-round I don't anticipate anyone signing an offer. And the fact that Sean Payton is talking about him like that lets you know he ain't going anywhere. Much more on Taste Mill coming up. Sports Illustrated writer Pat Forty projected BYU to make it to the Elite Eight. Today would have been the Sweet 16, by the way. (laughs) Listed BYU as one of seven teams with the best chance to win the national championship. He had high hopes for Brigham. We all had high hopes. I didn't have that high hope. Well, but I'm just saying. Like, like maybe. That's what this season is. It's just so frustrating because of what could have been. We'll never know. 
but we all well, had high I, hopes for I this hope, uh, you know, when we're dead, we get to simulate some things for real, like what would have happened. I'm hoping that's part of the package. <laughs> How about this? Malik Fitz announcing on Twitter that he's going to forego his senior season at St. Mary's and enter the 2020 NBA draft. Now, Fitz averaged 16 and a half points, seven rebounds, shot 47% from the field and 41% from three during the season for the Gales. Consider me happy because Malik Fitz uh, was Austin tough. Fitz. Yes, uh, St. Mary's won two of three. He's the second best player for St. Mary's behind Jordan Ford, so that's that's an interesting move. And Ed Eyestone is named the State of Utah Collegiate Coach of the Year by the Utah Sports Commission. Eyestone's men's cross-country team won the national championship in the fall. The women's team took second, and both teams were poised to do some damage in track and field indoor and outdoor before the NCAA canceled all winter and spring sports. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. As Jason mentioned a moment ago, yesterday New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton told WWL Radio, Taysom Hill has earned the opportunity to be the backup quarterback to Drew Brees and will continue to play his utility role as well. Jason, is this the perfect situation for Taysom Hill this year in the NFL? Yeah, it's as perfect as it's going to be for Taysom with Drew Brees coming back. Obviously, the perfect scenario is he's New Orleans starting quarterback, but once Drew decided he was going to come back, signed the two-year deal. This is as good as it could possibly get for Drew Brees in New Orleans. And the whole situation, if you think about it with the Saints, it is geared toward Taysom having success. Number one, he's one play away from being the starter. If something How were, dare you? I'm just saying, if something were to happen, we saw last year with Drew Brees with the, with the thumb. Yep. It was the thumb, right? Oh, torn ligament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if it was the thumb or the finger. But Trust yeah, the me, I remember because Teddy Bridgewater beat the <laughs> Seahawks. In yeah, Seattle. and then Teddy Bridgewater goes 5-0 and and milked that into a really nice contract with the Panthers. But he's one Colin play. Colin Cowherd just learned that. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you haven't seen that, it's actually pretty funny. So he's one play away from being the starter, but yet he's also going to be on the field in so many different ways to be a playmaker. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect situation. And last year, if you think about it, and we talked about this, there was a lot of talk about Taysom and like because of his role and the way they used him, do you really want him being the backup? Because if you're the backup, maybe you take some of those, those things away because you don't want to get him hurt knowing he is one play away. It seems like they've kind of just pushed that aside. It's like we're going to make him the backup, and we're, it's, it's a perfect scenario for him. And let's be honest, if you're going to have Taysom on your roster, and if you're going to start taking things away from what he does, he's not going to have the impact that we've seen. So I think it really is. It's a great scenario for him that he is that close to being the starting quarterback, and they're still going to utilize him. You heard him as a receiver. Everything we've seen, receiver, special teams, tight end, running back, quarterback, all of it, we've seen what he can do, and, and I think it's going to be ramped up even more. Everyone who has a job should want a manager or boss like Sean Payne yeah. because he doesn't pigeonhole Taysom Hill into quarterback and just sit on the practice squad. He said, how can I use this guy in an effective way and maximize his strengths to our business. And that's what they do with Taysom Hill. Everyone should want to be like Taysom Hill in that if you do something really well and someone sees it in your organization, they use it. They don't say, well, tradition or current workflow or politics govern that I can't do. No, Taysom Hill is being being used in a very unique way. And you're exactly right. All the things you said. The perfect situation is that Taysom Hill is a starter. So, no. But, like you said, under the current situation – with the two-year deal to Drew Brees. Now Taysom Hill is formally being given on March 25th 
the number two spot opportunity. Of course, if Taysom goes in and struggles, he's not going to automatically be the two. He's, but he's going to earn it. He'll be the two going into the fall. And like you said, he is one play away. Um, he's being used in such a unique situation. It is awesome just to see this athlete go into the league and have an impact for a good team. Yeah. It's, not like the, it's not like the Saints stink and he's still on the team, although we would celebrate him being successful regardless. It's that he's on a team that is good and has had success the last couple of years and was a play away, uh, perhaps from the Super Bowl, right, before all of that um, interesting uh, situation with the refs and whatnot happened. But I'm, I'm with you. By the way, yeah, the deadline for a restricted free agent to sign offer sheets uh, is April 17th. And then there are subsequent other dates that come into play. But we've got a couple weeks here to see if anyone nibbles on Taysom Hill as an RFA. I don't anticipate he will. Perhaps Brady Papinga thinks otherwise. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Look, you know you've arrived when people are trying to imitate what you do. We've heard this, and I think we heard it a couple Who's of, actually doing it, though? No one's no, actually but, doing it. But what it. I'm saying is... They're just talking about you, it. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery, and you've had, over the last, especially last year, I've heard it more last year, but even a little bit before, you had teams, you would read articles about certain teams needing to go out and find their Taysom Hill. Ha <laughs> ha! He's nowhere to be found. He's the only that's, one like That's him. what I'm saying. And so the fact that New, that New Orleans has him... They're going to lock him up long term and that they have a vision for what they want him to be. It, it is it is the perfect scenario for Taysom under the current circumstances. Weezer has a song called Perfect Situation. So perhaps that applies to this. I did want to mention this. Taysom's a smart dude, too. I think he can handle being QB2 and all the intellect and play calling associated with that. Yeah. And do this. Remember where he was going to go out of college? Stanford. Yeah. The he, dude is He handled being QB3. Right. Of course, yeah. But QB3 is nowhere near uh, what QB2 is to me where you could actually play. QB3, it's like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, well, that's true. Now on to topic number two. Last night, BYU basketball put out a three-minute highlight video of the season set to the great Luther Vandross's one shining moment. The ball is <laughs> Look, normally we don't get to hear that song until right after the national champion is crowned. But because of this year's circumstances, we're not going to get that chance. So... Watching the video last night, it was it was all of these things. It was emotional, it was exciting, and kind of heartbreaking all in one because we never got to see what this Cougar team could do in the postseason. What's your one shining moment for this year's BYU basketball team? This is a, on uh, Major League Baseball opening day, if you will. This is a 3-0 count. I'm expecting a fastball, <laughs> and I'm going to crush this over the center field fence. Um, it's beating number two Gonzaga at home. It's, it's, I can't see really an argument against that. That was such an incredible experience. And it was so unbelievable for the game itself and for the lead-up and for the payoff. Let's break it all down. So leading up to it, the anticipation. I believe that the basketball team carried a little bit of um, unfulfilled excitement from the football season a little bit. That this was a team that, okay, 7-6 and six football, we were all hoping it'd be kind of 8 or 9, right? Disappointing finish in the Hawaii Bowl. So the basketball team was good and better than we thought and, and got it to the top 25 for the first time in nine years. We do a BYU Sports Nation in the Marriott Center. It's senior night for seven dudes, including three all-timers in Childs, Haas, and Toulson. Um, the Rocks showed up unbelievably. like They were so good, and BYU paid that game off. Remember in 2011, BYU storms the court for the first time ever? There wasn't what happened on after the Gonzaga game in this, which was everyone lingered. And, Longer. And, and, yes, exactly. And there were cheap drinks, you know, like 
Sprite with random juices? Mm. No. Sprite Jake Toulson and Yoli delicious. Childs and TJ Howes grabbed the mic and they t- and Mark Pope, they all talked. That didn't happen, right? There right. was this, let's just sit here and enjoy this yeah. and soak this up moment that wasn't had even with Jimmer Fredette and Jackson Emery. It's clearly Gonzaga, but there were many amazing moments in this. And uh, it was fun to see that video. I went through a range of emotions, yeah. by the way, that was weird. Uh, like you said, I also went in, I went through the stages of grief in the video <laughs> of sad and then mad and angry and then, you know, resolution. And it was, it was exciting to watch. It was also hard to watch. I'm not over that this is over. And nor, nor should anybody be. It's, it's, this should still be going on. BYU legitimately could still be playing and should be playing. We should be talking to Spencer live from L.A. today. That's what we would have been doing. That's what we yeah, would have been doing. You're right. Look, I, I, you and I are on the same page with this. And I guess if you look at one shining moment, I guess a lot of that could be how you interpret that. Is it, is it literally a moment in the season? Is it a game? Is it an experience? Is it one shot? Is it the same moment? But, but I mean, yes, one, but I think you can interpret that different ways. Like a moment could be a shot. What is this a Nicene Creed? No, but look, ooh, Creed? No, I'm not going <laughs> to sing. Set, what? I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but yes, when you look at this season, there is one moment that stands out beyond all others, and that's beating number two Gonzaga. It was, it was the buildup. Because that game was built up forever. The hype, you had people camping out. You talked about doing the shows. And you knew that the atmosphere was going to be electric. So beyond just the buildup, then the game lived up to the hype. Then you had BYU winning. You had all of the things that happened afterwards. And Mark Pope in the locker room and doing... Cubbies. Yeah, and the it, was, yeah. it was unbelievable. There, there is no doubt that the signature win of the season was beating Gonzaga. Now, if there's a certain play that maybe you're going to go, that is your moment? Let me guess for you. Well, I'm saying T.J. Hawes maybe won against St. Mary's. Sure. But, yes, the moment you that were, I, you will, were courtside I, that I Houston, will personally baby. remember for yeah. me is, the, is T.J.'s win at Houston because I was right Center, there. Bro. I was awesome. right there. I got to call that game. So that's the moment for me. You didn't get hugged, though, let's be honest. I, did, I was still on the air doing stuff. Mark was the one. So that, was Mark. So Mark, <laughs> Mark was being You could hear Mark. Yeah. So, so in terms of the play and the moment that I will personally remember, yeah. it's the shot in Houston by TJ. Does it have a name to you? The shot. The shot? Yeah. Because it's just to me. If I say the shot to myself, I know what I'm talking about. Why are you talking to yourself? Yeah, well, it's, real it's the inner monologue. <laughs> but, it, but in terms of the one shining moment for this season, without question, it's beating Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I was hoping that wouldn't be the peak. I was hoping there'd be a second-round win against Seton Hall that we'd think, oh, that was awesome, or some Sweet 16 win. Wow, BYU's in the Elite Eight for just the second time in program history. First time in a 64-plus team field, by the way. When Danny Ainge and company go to the Elite Eight in 81, it's a 48-team field. They still had to win, you know, three games to get there. But it's a, it's a different setup. This would have been... You could argue the best team in BYU history if they make a run to the Elite Eight. We could have a fun conversation there. Um, but, yeah, it's, we still have to figure out where this team lands, by the way. In we BYU know that we they went to the national to championship there. game. Oh, my gosh. It, both Yoli Childs and TJ Haas have told us uh, on the show and off, I'm, I'm disappointed we lost that game. They never even played it. <laughs> right. like, awesome. Question of the day, what is your one shining moment for this year's BYU basketball season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Twitter at New England underscore AU. So hard to decide just one. I'd say either the Houston buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Yeah! 
or the dramatic St. Mary's home game. Yeah! Or BYU taking down Gonzaga. There were some epic, awesome wins. There were some great wins this year. Virginia Tech was a really fun game. Now it's not gonna right. not gonna put it up with there, but it's like there the, was a lot of great wins one. for this team. And and that typically would be the second or third best win in a year. Yeah, you're on right. Average. You're but, right. But this team, yes. they had so many good wins. It was it was awesome. So continue to weigh in. What's the one shining moment for you on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram? Coming up, our BYU Sports Nation best play bracket: T.J. Hawes versus Matt Bushman, and my buddy Juddy Jeff Judkins. Live from home. How long did it take him to figure out Skype to join us? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We're live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard. Our first guest of the day is a man we like to call Shooter McJudkins. Juddy buddy, our buddy. He is Jeff Judkins, the women's basketball coach, live from his home on Skype via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Jeff, how are you doing? Um... I'm doing all right. It's it's been a little bit slow. This is usually a real busy time with basketball and watching games and preparing for games, and then of course recruiting never stops. And so that part of it is it's been a little hard. But uh, we've we've been able to manage, and we know that this is a real serious situation right now with our country, in fact, the world. And we just have to listen to our leaders and do what we're supposed to be doing. Jody, uh, you and I have known each other for a very long time, and I know you well enough to know you probably aren't doing a lot of Skyping or have done a lot of Skype. I want to know how long it has taken you to figure out how to Skype today. Well, thank goodness I have sons and daughters that are <laughs> way better in technology. So I kind of went through a practice run with my son, Jackson, and he kind of helped me set it all up so that I could do this. And but this is amazing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. I don't know. People probably in the world, they just do what they normally need to do in their job and what, what they need to do. And there's other things out there that like this that I'm not really too used to. And he, he did a great job of setting me up with it. And so now I can talk to you guys. It, it is notable that in uh, chaos and crazy times in the world's history, some of the greatest innovations have come out of that, right? So uh, here we are talking to you uh, this way. Hey, maybe you're on the road next year during the season. We're hitting you up on, the, on Skype or something, right? So uh, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Let's that is. That, you know, you know it's, really, it's really amazing what we can do with this. And it, I think it's kept everything somewhat alive. I mean, imagine if none of this would happen. It would be pretty boring. Yeah, it's pretty boring with this, let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's better with it, absolutely. Uh, we're wearing baseball uh, gear of our favorite teams. Today would have been Major League Baseball opening day. Did you play baseball growing up? Oh, yeah, I, I played for Highland, and I had a couple college scholarships. I could have gone to BYU, and I could have gone to Utah. So um, I'm, I'm an all right baseball player. Do you have a favorite all, team? All right, yeah. D1 yeah, 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 apparently. Yeah. Do, do you? I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know. You have how much you follow it, but are you, are you still a a fan? Do you have a favorite team still to this day? Well, you know, when I played for the for the Boston Celtics, uh, the Red Sox were the team that I kind of followed uh, and watched at that time. Bruce Hurst was uh, on the team as a pitcher. He got me a couple tickets to Fenway if 
that's a great ballpark to really go to. I, when I was younger in the 70s, it was Cincinnati Reds, Johnny Bench, Pete Rolls, uh, that group. Um, I'd say right now, probably my big teams was probably Atlanta Braves and probably Boston, uh, Boston Red Sox. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Nice run from the Braves there in the 90s as well. Red Sox are trying to lose by uh, getting rid of everybody. Hey, you know, speak, Price and Mookie Betts. speaking of Bruce Hurst, you want to talk about random here, Jetty. I ran into Bruce Hurst at Liberty Jail one time. <laughs> Holy cow. That's a great place to meet him. <laughs> if you're not a member of the yeah. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you just thought that Jason Shepard <laughs> yeah. went to jail. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of context that, for some It was the visitor center. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about your team. So, obviously, a disappointing finish, right? right losing in the, uh, in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Then, uh, later that week, you find out, hey, everything's done. Were you hoping for a, a WNIT bid? And, and kind of what was the reaction from your team to, okay, now it's officially over? Well, you know, when we lost, it was tough and I told my team that um, I think we have a good chance of going some postseason. So when we got back, we met as a team, and, and I said, hey, uh, do you guys still want to do it if we have an opportunity to go postseason? And all of them really wanted to do it. So we were planning on playing somewhere. Um, we, were, we were kind of disappointed and wanted to kind of change things and come out and play a lot better than what we did. And, uh, and then, of course, this all happens, and we, and we can't do it. I I think a lot of the seniors were, were pretty disappointed because they they wanted to leave on a lot better note than what we did. What type of contact are you allowed to have with your players? And then from a recruiting standpoint, what are you allowed to do? Can you do anything recruiting-wise right now? You can call, you can text, you can email, you can write. We can't bring any players uh, on campus. We can't go to their home in a contact situation. We're kind of locked right now until April 15th, but it's a lot of calling. It's a lot of, uh, you know, calling, texting, probably maybe more now than it's been in the, in, as usual, because we're sitting around thinking about it a lot more than where maybe we'd be out recruiting or we'd be working out our players or we'd be preparing for a game. You don't have as much time to think about it, but now it's, uh, it, it's a lot more. I know this, I've been receiving probably, 30 to 40 tech or I guess emails every day of players have interest at BYU. And so a lot of, a lot of the high school kids are starting to send a lot more stuff to you now because, because of this time. Is that more or less than normal at this? It's more, it's It's more. more. Usually it's about maybe I usually probably get 10, maybe a day. Now it's probably double, triple sometimes. Hmm. Do you think that's because everyone's, at home, yes, chilling right yes. now. Yes, yeah. I think a lot of them are sitting there and they want to know what they're doing. They're not moving around. They're not hearing anything. They're not going to tournaments for a week and watch and play. So yeah, they're they're doing a lot more of that. With some time now to reflect on the season, you, you're you're further away from the WCC tournament. How, how do you look back on the season now? Is it different? Then once it ended, when you still had some of the emotion, now that you're a little bit further away, do you have a little more perspective on the season? Well, you know, I think most people would would have been really excited and happy for a second place finish, a chance to go to a postseason. But at BYU, you know, our goal is to win a conference championship, to win the tournament, to go to the NCAA tournament. That's that's what our goals are every year. So it was a little bit disappointing. I think uh, some of our players felt 
that we could have we could have done better. You know, you look back in the season, you go if and ands and buts. If you'd have won this game and done this and and done this, this things would have changed. And that's what makes it hard, you guys. Is the season's a long time, and you have ups and downs. You have injuries, you have sickness, you have finals, you have schoolwork that has to be done. And some of the, these kids are young, you know, young kids that, that that some things can influence them in so many different ways. I I had two girls on my team get engaged during the year, um, which is you know is very unusual for most teams. So it, there's a lot of things that go on, but I think one thing we weren't satisfied. We're going to have a lot of a lot of uh, I don't know. I think we're going to think about this and we're going to work extra hard. And we're, as a coaching staff, I'm going to learn from this and work harder. And my coaches same. And we're going to do whatever we can to try to get this program back where we need to get it. You certainly have star power coming back next year. You mentioned one of the uh, engaged uh, ladies, Paisley Johnson to Connor Harding. She's the leading scorer returning, a WC Defensive Player of the Year, one of the best in the country. Sarah Hampson uh, is back. And, of course, Shaley Gonzalez off the uh, ACL. So, Jody, we expect a, a really good team next year. Is that what you expect? Uh, yes. I expect that we should be a lot better um, getting Shaley back. And then, like you mentioned, those two played very well this year. Um, I think uh, Smiler played very well in the tournament. She's only a freshman. I think she'll come in and help us. Uh, Mal helped us a little bit in the year she started. I think she's got a big summer. Babalu and Sig have both have improved. They're going to play mostly the three next year. We have Lauren Gustin, who sat out this year for a transfer, um, probably the best rebounder on the team and a good physical player inside. Um, and we're hoping, you know, we're hoping, I can't tell you the players that we've got a couple of people that we're looking at on the portal. And we also have one player that's a junior college player that we're recruiting really hard that can really help us. I think Lonnie will come back from her injury from her ankle and, and that. And so, and then of course, Maria, Maria got to start this year. I think learned a lot, got to get a lot of confidence. And uh, I think it'll, it'll, she'll have another great year for us. The NCAA is set to rule on Monday, March 30th, about the eligibility situation with uh, players that were in the spring and winter semesters. What's your opinion on that? And, and do you anticipate that having any, um, I mean, how that affects your program at all? Do you think it will have any effect? Well, I think it'll affect a lot of programs because there's some good seniors that I'm sure would like to come back and play. I know I kind of threw it at my four seniors and, Two of them said, hey, you know, I'm going to move on. It's time to, to, to do some other things. And then two of them had some, had some serious interest. So um, I, I, don't, I don't see it passing. The reason I'm going to say that is our season was, almost, was over, except for the postseason. And I think they'll look at that. Now I understand some other sports in the winter, like gymnastics, who didn't finish a lot of things. They would like to try to do that and probably get them back. Uh, I even asked one of my good friends who has a lot of good players that are that, you know, the Oregon, you know, Kelly Graves. I asked him what he thought about it. And he didn't think that would happen. And a lot of his players will probably go on to the WNBA and and really try to do some other things. But it's sad. I feel bad for so many seniors that work so hard to get to this point and sacrifice. And then it doesn't happen because this is. To me, March Madness is one of the greatest months of the year. It's, it's something that people get excited about and, and, and all that. And then, of course, I, I heard the Olympics is 
now going to be postponed. A lot of those athletes have prepared themselves for it now. It's another year, but um, we'll see what happens. I didn't know it was coming Monday. It's good to know that, um, but we'll just do whatever we need to do. Well, Jeff, we uh, we hope the horse is okay. We hope the family's okay. They still got to be fed and uh, taken care of too, right? <laughs> they got to be taken care of, and you know we're 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 communicating with our players every day through text or phone or Skype now, I guess, or whatever FaceTime. We try to make sure they're doing all right in school. Is school's not over? They've got to finish this semester, and and hopefully, you know, four of them are going to be graduating, so they need to take care of this this semester. Well, awesome, Jeff. We appreciate the time, and uh, we'll chat soon. Hey, thanks, you guys, and hang in there. Hopefully this will pass over here pretty quickly. Absolutely. Thanks, Jetty. Jeff Judkins on the thanks, Deseret guys. First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, what is Peter Quest doing to get ready for a shot at the PGA Tour? It's like the perfect sport if there's a pandemic. That's what I'm saying. I like guess perfect. We'll talk to him about it. Plus, the BYUSN Best Play Bracket features a 4-5 matchup. Who is in? This is BYU Sports Day. The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by doTERRA. Want to relive some of the great games from the past year or from years past? All you need to do is go to BYUtv.org or the BYUtv app where you have access to BYUtv's library of games. I've been watching games on the line as they said in, what was it? The, online? The internship? Yeah. Is that, is that nah, what, on the line? Yeah, on the line. What? Uh, it's been kind of fun on YouTube. Uh, TV app. Yeah, like sneaky, underrated, awesome. Okay, welcome back. I'm Jeremy Jordan. He's Jason Shepard in uh, Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton said that Taysom Hill will back up Drew Brees heading into the 2020 season, saying, quote, Taysom has earned this opportunity to be our number two, but he's also earned the opportunity to play and help us win football games as a number one. What I mean by that, whether you call him a receiver, a tight end, a specialist, or also a quarterback, he's going to play. He's too good of a football player. He's one of our better football players, end quote. And by the way, still no official word, he has not officially signed his contract yet with the Saints. Seems like a formality, though. Men's basketball. Sports Illustrated writer Pat Forty projected BYU to make it to the Elite Eight and lists BYU as one of seven teams with the best chance to win the national championship. What? <laughs> and ESPN's Joe Lenardi continues to simulate the would-be bracket. Tonight, the Cougars play San Diego State at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see what happens on Twitter. Malik Fitz announces on Twitter that he is going to forego his senior season at St. Mary's to enter the 2020 NBA draft. Last season, Fitz averaged 16.5 points, 7 rebounds. He shot 47% from the floor and 41% from three. Cross country. Ed Eyestone is named the State of Utah Collegiate Coach of the Year by the Utah Sports Commission. Eyestone's men's cross country team won the national championship in the fall. The women took second. Uh, and the indoor and outdoor track and field teams were poised to do some serious damage before the NCAA canceled all winter and spring sports. Volleyball. In the off-the-block top-of-class tournament, number six, Will Stanley, narrowly upsets number three, Pellegrin Vargas. Pellegrin? Pellegrin? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Vargas. They're in the Miva. Of Purdue. Well, 51.09% to 48.91% to advance. I, I'm guessing that was IUPUI or IPFW. Ah, there we go. Baseball. Okay, the call was designated for assignment by the Angels to the AAA Salt Lake Bees, not to be confused with the buzz, after clearing waivers. 
Gymnastics. Abby Miner has been named the 2020 MRGC Bean Specialist of the Year. Yes! That's right. Miner, who is a junior, earned a nationally qualifying score of 9.835 on the beam. Gymnastics is another one of those squads of BYU where it's a bummer that it was over. This was one of the best teams BYU had had in a while. So they'll hopefully return a lot of those uh, excellent gymnasts next year and keep going. Okay, it's time for the BYUSN Best Play Bracket. This is going to take us uh, another you know two weeks or so to finish, which is exciting. Presented by doTERRA. A reminder, it's the top eight football plays versus the top eight basketball plays for play of the year. Yeah, so each day we're going to give you a matchup and you get an opportunity to vote and decide the winner as we whittle down those 16 plays down to the best play. So all you need to do is go to vote.byutv.org and cast your vote each day's the polls, they will close at 11 a.m. Eastern time each day, and then we'll announce the results during BYU Sports Station, which is what we're going to do. Yes, the matchup that was uh, finished voting this morning as of 11 a.m. Eastern time was the Matt Bushman touchdown off of the reverse flea flicker against Boise State. Was that even hard? And T.J. Haas <laughs> off the back inbound and one versus Virginia Tech. And the winner, 69% to 31 Bushman TD versus Boise State moves on in 3-6 matchup. Look, I want to live in a world where one offensive coordinator says, you know what, everybody has their own systems. Yes. Their own ways of doing things. Yes. I am every play is going to have a it's going to be involving a flea flicker. There will be different every variations play. of a flea flicker. You need to play Madden, bro. But I need to have somebody commit to a flea flicker as their offense. You only ran a lot of uh, plays. So, yeah, April 3rd coming up. You're gonna, you just saw the uh, next matchup there. So, yeah, Bushman Flea Flicker will move on to face the winner of yesterday's matchup, which was the TJ House game winner at Houston. Uh, that'll be a fun in, yes. the, in the Elite Eight. Yes, it will. All right, so today's matchup. Let's go. Here we go. The basketball four seed is Yoli Child's exclamation point dunk mm. in the win over Gonzaga. Connor will drive it, stop in the post, hand up to Yo, and the two-hand hammer. That's how you do it. Time out to Mark Few. The Cougs are going to win it. 91-76, to under a minute to go. These boys have done it. The Mark Durant reaction. Dunk! <laughs> dunk! That, that is, that was, that was it. Once that dunk went down, it was like game over. Yes. Love it. This takes on the football five seed, Dax Milne's 30-yard touchdown catch from Zach Wilson. A wonderful play against USC. Zach Gunn, play fake to Tyson. Zach throws to the 10, to the 5, caught at the goal line. Touchdown, Cougars! Touchdown, Cougars! And Dax Milne puts the Cougars back on top. Oh, into the bread basket. Give me that loaf. Oh, that was a beautiful throw. <laughs> Dax Milne, the former walk-on versus the, I believe that that uh, particular corner was a four or five-star guy. So such a great day. That for me is the best win of the year. We yeah we debated this earlier. That that for it was, me it was Boise State versus USC. Some people think Tennessee. Yes, um, but yeah. That that was that was my favorite of game those. of last year was USC. More of those, absolutely. Yeah, Go we'll to take as many vote, of those as we can. Vote.boatv.org to weigh in on. Child's dunk versus Milne TD versus USA. And Milne's not done, by the way. Yeah, mm. top eight. Mm, that's, I like it. That's so, what, it's called a tease. That's what we like. Speaking of a tease, coming up, a Cougar all-timer shows up in the Rise and Shoutouts. And Peter Quest for perfection on his BYU career and pursuit of a PGA Tour card. He'll join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
The best of BYU Sports Nation are Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio and is on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. Our next guest is arguably the best athlete in his sport at BYU the past year. His name's Peter Quest. We like to say Peter Quest for perfection, and he now joins us via Skype from the Phoenix area on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Peter, how you doing in Phoenix? I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's nice and warm down here. And, indeed, it's snowing in Utah, so nice job getting out of the, uh, getting out of the cold here. <laughs> Cer- certainly an interesting time for everybody on campus. This was your senior year. Um, there was a chance maybe you could come back or whatnot. Um, you've mentioned uh, you're going to go pro. You had an excellent career at BYU. Uh, what's life like for you right now as you kind of try and have closure from your collegiate experience, yet you're like everyone else, yet golfers can kind of go out and play a little bit? What's life like right now? Yeah, I mean, for me, nothing's really changed. I mean, I just play a lot of rounds by myself and hang out. So, I mean, the golf hasn't changed, but, you know, definitely the school has changed a whole lot. So it's not bad. Peter, I mean, with everybody talking about social distancing, like, uh, truly, I cannot think of a better sport where you the, it, it doesn't interrupt anything for the most part. You go out by yourself, like you said, you're in Phoenix. Like, I've, I've got to imagine you're feeling pretty blessed right now to be able to not have your routine, you know, adjusted that much right now. That's got to be kind of a, a, a nice blessing for you right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you get to go out and do your own thing and and work on the game, and you can travel around and, you know, have classes online and still keep up with school. So it's 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 pretty good right now. <laughs> and you can keep that flow going right <laughs> now. Right. You don't have to go into the testing center exactly. anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's That was that was huge. When I heard we didn't have to go to the testing center, that was huge. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your BYU career. So an average score of 71 around for the four years, but the last two years, 69.8, 69.4 in the uh, season that just ended. 69.4, a BYU single season record. How did you feel about how you played while in Provo? Yeah, I feel like I I, I played really well. Um, it was a good run. It was fun. There were ups and downs, um, but a lot of really positive things and a lot of really good play. Um, but I mean, it was just it was fun. When did you feel like you took a jump from being good to perhaps great? Uh, probably after my three wins in the fall of junior year. That that was probably, you know, after after I won Poppy or after I set the course record there, it was kind of like, all right, I could do something this year, set some more records. Did you surprise yourself or was this something you had kind of envisioned and made goals uh, to do and thought, okay, now I'm going? Or was it like, oh, I'm, I'm doing something significant now? No, I mean, it, was, it's, it wasn't something that came overnight or anything like that. I mean, I've been, I've been grinding for four or five years now in my game, and, and it just so happened that it all started coming together at the right moment. Um, but it wasn't an overnight thing. It took a long time and a lot of suffering on the putting green and chipping green to, to get where I'm at. <laughs> Jason keeps thinking he can just show up to the course and it's just going to happen. Oh, see, no, no, see, no. For Peter, it took a minute. No, no, see, I am not, I am not a golfer. I would not even, I would not offend you by saying I could just show up. That is, that's definitely not, it's definitely not the case. I want to know though, of the 10 wins and you touched on some of the stuff, your junior year and, and how things started to change for you of the 10 wins, which one sticks out the most to you? Uh, I mean, probably my first college win at the WCC championship out at Riverside Country Club. That was, I mean, it's my first win. 
and that kind of got things rolling and kind of told me, you know, keep working at it and great things will happen. Um, you know, so probably that one was, was my favorite win. In terms of specific rounds, you shot a 61 at St. Mary's, um, you know, a couple of years ago. You shot a 62. So what's the best round you've ever had, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, that 61's up there. That's for sure. I mean, you know, everyone asked me how it was, and I, I, it was the easiest round of golf I ever played. It, it truly was, because, I mean, you hit the fairway, you hit the green, you make the putt. You know, <laughs> nothing went wrong. Nothing happened. So, I mean, that was the easiest round of golf I played, but that was probably the greatest round I've played. How about best shot? Can I guess at what it was, too? The, the what, double eagle at the NCAA championships? That was pretty good, right? Yeah, that was pretty good, but the rest of the round didn't go so great there. But the double <laughs> eagle was the highlight. <laughs> was, is that the best shot, in just individual stroke you've ever had? Yeah, that one was pretty good. I remember Brian Santiago, was, he was up on the green. And I, he jumped probably 10 feet in the air after he watched it go in. It was, <laughs> it was funny. That's saying a lot. Brian used to have hops, but 10 feet now, that's impressive, right? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> so, Peter, take us through the decision process to move on, deciding not to come back, even if there's eligibility, that kind of stuff. Take us through that decision process for you and why it was the right decision for you to not come back. Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of evaluating everything, but, uh, you know, I, I want to turn pro after four years, and that's still the game plan. And so I feel like I'm I'm ready to go, and I'm, I'm ready to start trying to make some money somewhere. Um, I mean, college golf is great, but, but I'm ready to get after it. Once you gain those skills, yes, let's, let's go, right? <laughs> um, so what's, what's yeah. next for you? What's the next step? Yeah, so I'm just waiting around for kind of the different tours to come back. I'll have Canadian Q School uh, in May, end of May, and then I'll do that and then hopefully get some starts out on the PGA Tour. How would you describe your BYU career? When you look back on it and all of the memories you have, teammates, coaches, when you look back on it, how are you going to remember it? It was just fun. It was highly competitive and it was just fun traveling around with all the guys to different tournaments uh, and doing that. And, I mean, just, you know, playing college golf is probably the best sport out there. I mean, we travel around to these different places and eat good food and play golf. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Lavelle Edwards said if he could do it again, he would be on the golf team or be, the, uh, be a kicker on the football team. So I, I, I think you nailed it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I made the right decision playing golf. Absolutely. Well, Peter, we appreciate the time. We're looking forward to uh, watching your career with uh, great interest over the next couple of years, and we fully expect you to make it to the PGA Tour. So we're really pumped. Congratulations on a great career, and uh, enjoy Phoenix. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Okay, thanks, Peter. That's Peter Quest on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I'm serious when I say he's probably the best athlete at his sport on campus like he is Gabby Garcia Fernandez Peter Quest you talk about two just amazing player of the year nationally type candidates there, there are certain people that you look at and you know they are destined for great things he's one of those also guys. that flow in the back is that's also nice. great now yes that's not yes. destined it's that's great now. that's pretty impressive yeah. speaking of impressive coming up Kalani Satake TikTok star? I've heard he had moves. We saw yeah. it, right? Last season, yeah. two seasons ago. And Brandon Davies with an all-too-relatable family isolation situation. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show anytime uh, and anywhere you get your podcast. Yeah, the show is also available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Listen, these are wild times, right? Uh, we're happy to still be here doing the show for you. We appreciate the audience, uh, whether it be on BYU Radio, BYU TV, the apps, the podcast, whatnot. Um, there's a lot of great social content coming out. There's some that isn't so great, but there's some that's great. We want to show you some of it from BYU people. We've checked the Instagrams, the TikToks, the tweets, the Facebooks. And uh, let's check the out MySpaces. the MySpaces, the Friendsters, <laughs> you name it. The Meerkats. We've, we've checked it. AOL, Juno, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> the Meerkats, nice. the Periscopes, the tweets of BYU athletes and coaches in quarantine creativity. And we begin with a head ball coach of the Brigham Young University Fighting Football Cougars. His name is Kalani Satake, and he is breaking it down with one of his daughters here. And we don't have rights to play the music they played, but just get a sense of this because I've heard Kalani has moves. We've seen him in the postgame locker room celebrations of wins. He can move, bro. He, with Sadie Satake here. Yeah, I, uh, I, would, I would not come across very well in these, uh, these TikTok dances. I just don't yeah. have that in me. Kalani did an excellent job. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was they great. both did a great job. Great. Uh, number two, BYU women's soccer's Bella Felino practicing her footwork with one of the most valuable assets we currently have on this planet right now. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper. Look, Bella there. She's juggling with toilet paper. That is, Im- look, that's impressive. That is. That is very impressive. And to do it with such a. And then she hit her foot on a piece of furniture. <laughs> we, d- we don't have an injury report on Bellafolino at the moment, but we hope she's all right. Yes. She seems like she's okay. This is very skilled. Also, Bella Foligno, uh, the the prettiest name at BYU. Bella is Bella a fantastic. Bella That's she, an and amazing she, name. She had to sit out last year because she got hurt. I'm really yes. excited for what she's going to bring coming back to this team this year, too. Bella Foligno, my favorite female athlete name. My favorite male name. Do you, you know what it is. Tell me. Favorite, like on campus? Yes. Tell me. I don't know. Davide Gardini. Oh, yeah. oh, but see, I call rolls him. Off the I call him Dave Garden. Oh, da- oh, David Garden. Dave Garden. Yes, you gotta... exactly. Okay, and this last one from a former BYU athlete, Brandon Davies. Uh, extended family time, right? That could be a good thing. It be, can be taxing on some people, and Brandon Davies had some fun with that idea. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined. Okay. But you have a choice: A, be quarantined with your wife and kids, or B. 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 <laughs> Come on, we've all been there. Okay. <laughs> all been there? We are there. Every day when we go home. By the way, that voice. That's Brandon Davies' voice, you'd think. Yes, right? yeah, like that voice right there. Like somebody's, somebody's getting some instructions. Like I thought Mission Impossible episode was happening here. Like He was getting like some the instructions. Like the OG, the first one, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, which by the way, you tweeted, you tweeted last night something funny. Will you tell the people about... Oh, about Dateline? Yes. Okay, I'm a huge fan of <laughs> the, the TV show Dateline. <laughs> Uh, my wife, it worries my wife uh, that I watch a lot of Dateline. Yes. But Keith Morrison is one of the correspondents on Dateline, and his voice, he's... It's, Can you do an impersonation? I, I can't. I oh. cannot do it. But I can't it's, remember it's, the, it's, it's like, his yeah. voice, and then the way he tells a story. And I said, I would love for him to narrate my life. However, if he did, things probably didn't end well for me. So then Darnell Dixon... Yes, Darnell Dixon Herald, came to the uh, rescue. Into the program. He tweeted, I can't really do the voice, but I'll just say a voice, okay? Jason Shepard had it all, a great family, a great job, and he never skipped leg day. But one day, the coronavirus took away Shepard's sports, and that's when his secrets started to unravel. <laughs> Sounds like a great <laughs> that's episode a good of writer. That's a, gr- that's a good yeah. writer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I highly recommend uh, checking out Keith Morrison. He's fantastic. Absolutely. And somewhere, Jim Greg Morrison, Rebell is saying Keith Canadian Morrison. because he is from Canada. Somewhere. Greg, Greg knows. He yeah. just knows we're talking about somebody that's Canadian. By the way, yesterday you did, uh, and this, this is on the Behind the Mic uh, audio podcast feed, and did you guys and post the video as and well? And then I tweeted out the Zoom uh, yes. interview that we did. So you and Greg do a Zoom, and it's in our office, and I forgot my earpiece. I didn't want to interrupt, but I didn't walk in the back, so instead I crawl under thinking I'm out of the shot. No, yeah, I'm what in, you didn't realize was that yeah. the computer screen yeah. was kind of tilted down, so everything that you were crawling, it all was in full frame of the uh, shot. <sighs> yeah, got me. I'm just walking through next time. What is your one shining moment for this year's BYU basketball team is our question of the day. The elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Ames Flames on the Gram, the Gonzaga win was incredible. Even from home, the energy at the Merritt Center was palpable. I hate that it ended up being our last great moment, but thank goodness we have that magical night to look back on. I say, yeah, I'm grateful that happened in any instance. That was awesome. That's what this year will give us. There's so many memories that we'll have. And, yeah, it didn't end the way that certainly anybody wanted, but – there's so many games you can look back on with fond memories of just what a fantastic year it was. Who gets today's rising shoutouts? Uh, you and I are going to be part of this. To all of the baseball fans out there who are looking forward to today's opening day, you got your Mariners gear, I've got my Cardinals gear. Our day will come. Oh, yes. Our day will come. Mine goes to Danny Ainge, who responded to a tweet we put out about uh, the women's golf team. Fun story the other day from Kerry Roberts said, Coach, they went to New Zealand. Danny Ainge went on the trip. Danny and Brian Santiago, athletic administrator here at BYU, competed against the women's golf team and lost. And uh, Danny tweeted, hashtag respect. There we go. Nice. Thanks to today's guests, Jeff Judkins and Peter Quest. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag EYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time, even in a quarantine. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Walter Kahayali'i. See you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Hi, I'm Kirby Hayborn from Making Good. You're watching BYU TV together.